I'm Noah, and you're listening to Product Journey. Hey, Ben. Hey, hey. Good to be back. Yeah, glad to have you back on the podcasts, and it's been a while, so we have a lot of catching up to do. Yep. I don't even remember when we, when we recorded the last episode. <laughs> I think the last time we recorded was probably eight months ago, nine months wow. ago, something like that. Um, That's so yeah, crazy. It's been, yeah, it's been a while, and you've done a lot of things, and uh, we got to hear about some of those things are. I've done some stuff recently. I feel like, yeah, there's just been a lot going on. Plus, you're you're a dad now, so it's just like yes. there's a lot. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think where we should start. I mean, so you just actually, I think it was yesterday, right? Yep. Just yesterday, you launched a new project with John Hainstock. So you've been partnering up with John Hainstock a bit. And, and John, I think, was actually on here like an episode or two ago. So he was on here recently, and he talked about your guys' first project, Chatterdocs. You guys just launched something else yesterday so so what was that about yep uh so while building chatterdocs we chose superbase as the database and auth provider we initially even had the vector embeddings for the whole ai stuff on there uh, we kind of switched away from that recently but we uh, definitely had the need to have like an admin dashboard where we could just see uh like who are the paying users basically just segmentation of users um and also, like, how many chatbots are there? Like, basic reporting stuff, right? And we kind of wanted that. Ideally, what we also want, and it's not there yet in the product, but what we really want is also being able to, like, change stuff uh, for the users, like, without going to the database so that we have, like, an abstraction. A UI basically lets you, it, like, lets you set flags on a user, like, is premium, is agency user or whatever. Um, and so, yeah, we, we, we uh, initially built on Superbase, and so we kind of had that need. Uh, and started building out something for ourselves. Um, and at some point, I was like, hey, maybe we should just turn that into a product <laughs> of itself. Uh, and yeah. yeah, basically, that's what we did. So superboard.co uh, was born. Um, nice. And it's really just, right now, it's really just dashboards for Superbase and Postgres. And we're looking to uh, add a ton more stuff on there. We want to support MySQL and not just Postgres at some point. Uh, it is, and that's kind of the the interesting part here. It's uh, like uh, what's it called? Uh, basically, paid open source, right? So it's open source, mm. uh, but there's like a paid uh, version that we're uh, hosting, and you can sign up for it, it yeah. and pay us for it. Yeah, C O S S. Uh, forgot what it stands for. Which is kind of similar to Superbase's model, source. right? Yeah, I I don't know if they. Yeah, I think they. Yeah, I think you can actually self-host Superbase on top of a Postgres database too. Um, and so, yeah, basically everybody can go in there. Uh, there's a small portion of the application we did not include in the open source uh, version, and that's basically just the whole pricing Stripe integration part. So you can't really just go in there and copy-paste our entire application. Like, I have a product now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So that's not entirely possible, um, but that's really just a very, very small part. Uh, and yeah, the rest is open and out there. <laughs> yeah. No, that's that's pretty sweet. It's a very useful thing because I could, you know, I'm a Superbase user myself, and you know, with any business, like you need kind of something like this. Like for my last business potion, I had to create like my own kind of admin thing around stuff. Yeah, yeah. So it's like just being able to throw this in there would just be make that a lot easier. Um, so I, I could definitely see using this uh, once I kind of get Superbase kind of rolling in my new business. 
Um, yeah, it makes a ton of sense. Um, I was wondering, so kind of the idea with the editing stuff is being able to kind of like edit your database or edit users without having to like just be in your database, like doing uh, SQL queries or just like editing, thing, editing things directly. Is that is that kind of the idea? Yeah, ex exactly that. So uh, just like you said, like a ton of people have the same problem. We're always like starting from zero, building out our own dashboards, right? And then at some mm -hmm. point you're like, oh, I want to like be able to impersonate that user and you build a, <laughs> like you build that functionality and then you build like, oh, I need an easy, easy way to upgrade that person to XYZ and you go and build that functionality. And we kind of want to be like the UI on top of that. So maybe we'll just let you write queries. You can save them or attach them to a button in, in our UI. And you just click it and you basically just like, maybe you've seen Retool, I think they, uh, they yeah, do something yeah. similar. Um, but yeah, we, we'll make it specifically about Superbase. So they have a few other components that we want to look into, like their real-time component. And we want to see if we can do some funny stuff with that. <laughs> um, and yeah, just make it about that first um, because it's just simpler for us. We're using it. We can dog food all the stuff we build. Um, and yep. they just have a great yep. community also. Yeah, so you must really be a Superbase fan then. Absolutely. I, I absolutely love it. Like right now, this is my go-to choice for building new products, actually. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I'd, I'd say so too. But I, I didn't know that you were really using it, I guess. Like I've, I think I've been using it for maybe the last six months or something like that. So not super long. But once I started using it, I was like, man, this, this saves a ton of time. I don't think I could go back to not using this. Um, when, when did you start using it? So I think I first looked at it when the com the company was actually just getting started. I don't even remember when that was, but like I remember their website being like super super scrappy, and there's not much on there. But they were starting out as open source already, and so I basically kind of followed that progress. And at some point, it just became really good. Like their dashboard became really good. They uh, started providing all the auth provider stuff, and at mm -hmm. that point, I was like, hey, this is pretty interesting. And then it kind of became like the Firebase alternative, right? Um, and so, yeah, I've always like had an eye on it. Um, and then definitely when we started Chatterdocs, it was like a very obvious choice also because they just started supporting those, uh, PG vectors, like PG vector, um, embeddings for, uh, for Postgres basically. And yeah, that just made it a, a no brainer at that point. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it, 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 it kind of like just takes out all this backend code that you would have to write normally. Um, so it just saves like all this, these, you know, that extra step and saves a lot of time. Um, so it's really nice for that. What's, what's like your go-to stack nowadays? It's basically just Next.js, Next13, um, plus mm -hmm. Superbase for the OAuth for the database. If you need real time, you can't throw that in there. We actually have that in, in Chatterdocs also, where you, uh, when you index a new document or you just create a website, uh, we will automatically then, with the real-time component of Superbase, inform you like with a little, little notification, hey, your stuff is ready now. Uh, you can use it in your mm -hmm. bots. Um, and yeah, it's it's really just uh, Next13 plus uh, plus Superbase. I think that's basically, I mean, we have Tailwind yeah, yeah. For, the, for the UI, right? But that's like the, also the, the go-to right now, I would say. Yeah. So basically um, exact same stack as me now, because I feel like, Previously, you didn't use Next all the time, and I was starting to get into Next a lot, but you were still more so into, I don't know if you were into, I don't think you were into Laravel, or you were into, you were into Laravel. Yeah, I was. I, I, okay. I'm still like, I still have one client who's on Laravel with a view front end, 
And that's pretty fun okay. because now I basically get to do all the stuff. I have one client who's like vanilla JS, some jQuery in there still from from back in the day, uh, still <laughs> updating some of that stuff uh, to modern JS. And then on on our projects, I get to use all the fancy new stuff, or also with another client. So yeah, basically yeah. my week looks like very like it's a it's a broad stack of technologies I use. Uh, but if I start hey, well, something that's... new. That's good. You're Next keeping your brain thing. kind of in tip-top shape where you're not getting into some some little niche where now you're like kind of only can do those things. Yeah, also it's kind of funny if you scroll through Twitter and you see all the, the framework dra- drama and you're like, yeah, you know, I'm like, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I, I get some of the f- framework drama. But I mean, I, I feel like, especially with, the good frameworks the docs are so good nowadays that like i feel like you just spin up on stuff so quick because i do remember i don't know year a couple years ago or whatever like there are certain frameworks like it is kind of hard to get spun up in them because just like they don't have good docs and they're not easy to get going where it's like i feel like all the new stuff is like they do a really good job at that so it's like okay i haven't used this before but i can figure it out in a couple of hours a new kind of feature and you kind of just figure it out as you go it's like okay it's not that bad guys come on <laughs> yeah exactly i think companies did a great job like uh, Vercel did a good did a, good, did a great job laravel does a great job of just yeah. having people specifically writing the docs right and this is so important i think there was kind yeah, of an all these example when... projects they do too like they have just examples yeah. of pretty much everything you'd want to do and so you're like oh i can just see the code like this is great <laughs> yeah also Vercel with their starter templates like that's super helpful dude yeah yeah <laughs> how are you guys like splitting up what you work on now because like super board it's like a new product you're adding another thing like is this is it kind of like a side product to ChatterDocs? like what's what's like the main focus now that is a good question <laughs> so i think the 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 revenue generating one uh the one we started first is still the kind of the fo- the main focus right but there are times when there is not much to build at least like not no new features that we need to add we just have to focus on like getting new customers on um and that's the point where i like john is such a great help with all of that stuff so i have some time on my hands uh, also i've been uh I've been working a lot less with clients the entire year, I would say. So I basically have like three days per week and sometimes like spending the Saturday morning. Uh, Now that the kiddo wakes up early, I sometimes get up early uh, and have a couple extra hours. And so there's always time that I can basically invest in either of the projects. Yep. Yeah, those early mornings can be uh, pretty valuable. I've just in the last couple of weeks have started... Uh, a routine of getting up at 6 a.m. and starting work early and it's it's really nice you you kind of just feel productive with the day and you kind of just feel better about your day kind of starting out earlier i feel like yep i had I, I will say i had like in the last the the uh our kid is like four months old now and last month i had a lot of times where i just got up at five because I knew that those three or four hours I get before everybody wakes up, th- those will be the only hours that I can predict to be peaceful <laughs> where I can actually do the work. <laughs> and so that just made sense. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, okay, oh, I just I just remembered the question I had about this, the uh, framework oh, yeah, stuff, and then, and then we'll have to jump back to this. Um, okay, so I feel like everyone, like there, people are split over the new Next.js stuff, like version 13. Uh, a lot of people seem to not like it or they you know they think it's too much change what do you, what do you think about that oh man i uh, so i have 
I have migrated two projects over from 12 to 13, and there is a couple of, like, especially in the early phases when they came out with it, there were some some parts that are annoying, like the dev, uh, like if you spin up the whole thing locally, the dev uh, server will be pretty slow compared to what it actually is in production. Like, I get that. Yes, perfect. I've noticed still, that. Yeah, it's still not perfect, but like, I don't know, like those are so, so small things to me. What really is interesting is that there is kind of a shift in how you think about how to structure the entire thing, right? Like, because we have React uh, server components now and we have those actions that Next introduced, you kind of have to shift away from the way you wrote it previously. And I think that just, mm-hmm. I, I think that's what most people got upset about or were like, oh, like, wow, now I got to, you know, change my whole thinking of how to, how to build that thing. To me, this actually, I don't know, like, the, the first, I don't know, four or five hours, you're like, oh, man, what? Like, what? <laughs> what do I got to do? Like, yeah, now I can yeah. submit forms to actions and there's a use client on top of my files. And <laughs> yeah, wow. yeah, yeah. And at some point, you're like, oh, man, that makes so much sense. Now I got full control of how to, like, what's actually supposed to be rendered on the client and what's going to be on the server. Like, this is actually great. And at some point, it just clicks, yeah. I feel. And if you get yeah, that moment, it's like, wow, this is actually better than it was before. And yeah, I want to have that specifically be also rendered on the server. And yeah, actions, obviously, they make sense. <laughs> yeah, I think there are, you know, it is a little bit of changing the mind. Um, I think overall, it's better, though. Like, I think it allows you to actually work faster as well. <clears throat> so I like it better. I think the other main benefit is it kind of pushes you to put as much stuff server side as possible. Um, because you know, it's by default server and then you got to like use the client and like add stuff to be client side. So I think that's good. Cause I think that makes your applications better. It makes them faster yes. just having as more stuff server side. So I think that's all good. I think the one potential downside, which I haven't seen myself because most of my projects, I'm mostly, you know, working by myself. Um, but I could see basically because like you said, like you get to choose if things are client side, server side, there is a little bit more choice for the developer. So I could see with the team that potentially causing some like, uh, just like disorganized, uh, code and, and just weird things that could go on if people aren't on like the same page about how they want to, how they want to make those decisions. So that, that's the only downside I could kind of see, but I haven't experienced that myself just cause I'm mostly going solo. So um, but I think that's, yeah, otherwise I think it's really, I, I really like it. So, yep. I haven't experienced that either. I think um, probably because if I'm in a team, we are probably on the same page of how we approach it, like server first and then put as little as possible on the client with, with most, most of the features actually. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think that's actually a good shift. I, I also re- recently tweeted that, that I like how, it forces you or it, it kind of encourages you to use less state libraries and put stuff in the URLs because server components will never mm-hmm. have access to your state libraries and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. So actually, like, it kind of forces you into good patterns in a way. <laughs> well, yeah, that and then also I, this may just be where my mind has gone as I've been building different kind of businesses. But I, I like think about SEO a lot now. And I think that the way it's built out in V3, 13 it makes you think about seo a lot more because you're doing a lot of the server side stuff and like just like trying to do it in a way that you know like google would like and yeah like you said like having your urls set up correctly with metadata and all those kind of things like i just think about those things a lot more and it just seems to fit really well with that like it's it's kind of focused yeah. towards that a little bit more so i like that a lot and especially with like my current uh business and stuff it's like it is kind of 
on the SEO side of things, like getting traffic and those kind of things are important. So it's like, it, it just, I think it fits well with that. Yeah, let's actually talk about that for a second <laughs> because you, uh, you kind of switch away from SaaS completely, right? So you're now more in, is it, well, kind can of. I call it a niche site business? Is that what it is? <laughs> I mean, it's a niche site business, yes, but I, I want to turn it into like a SaaS business eventually. Kind of gotcha. my strategy was buy a website that has like good traffic and that has like a niche that like is a viable niche, hopefully. Um, you know, these people are coming to my website to basically calculate how they can invest better and how they can do different investments and so they're, they're people with money that are like trying to use that money to invest and make more money so like i think it's a good uh group of people um that hopefully like i could eventually create a product for them that helps them do what they do and they're willing to pay for it because it helps them make more money so it was kind of finding that niche um and then yeah like right now it and it, it is kind of interesting like i have multiple ways of potentially trying to take it and and try to make revenue like i'm considering like building out like a an email newsletter for it as well just because it's a good way to kind of more so capture that audience um i'm doing like some ads some sponsor stuff some affiliate stuff kind of using some of the traffic that way but i do think ultimately probably the best way to build a business out of it is to build like an actual product um for these users and you know it might be a SaaS, but also like in the crypto world it's it's a little bit harder to do SaaS. like it might more so be like a i don't know like a yearly purchase where they're purchasing something that gives them mm, like yeah. pro access for a year and then they have to repurchase it every year something like that um so yeah there's 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 quite a bit of different options i could take it um actually the other way i can make revenue which i've i'm already kind of starting to do is kind of like sell building out the site more for specific crypto companies basically like i'm adding on new features that those crypto companies want me to build because it kind of points to them um so it's almost like even another user and so that's been very interesting talking with those companies and seeing that there's there's some uh traction there that like they want that so yeah, there's, there's a lot going on, but it's kind of fun. So it's, yeah, it's kind of like in the website niche world, trying to build traffic and stuff like that. But I do want to eventually get around to building a product around it. And so I, and that's kind of why I bought the website is like, I saw it as like a really good top of funnel where it's like, this is a good top of funnel where I have all these yep. people coming through and hopefully that can kind of solve my distribution problem because i feel like distribution is like the hardest part in a business and so i was just like if i can just knock that part out first and just like all right distribution is good now i just have to figure out how to make money on this thing um <laughs> then we're good to go so that was kind of my my strategy i think that's pretty smart though like if you can funnel those folks that you have visiting the website now into a newsletter and then you can basically advertise for whatever service you create on top of that inside that newsletter boom <laughs> yeah that's a pretty yeah. smart idea exactly that's yeah uh you're seeing the same thing i'm seeing <laughs> yep <laughs> um but yeah so it's that's been it's been a lot of fun uh working on that and um you know it's in the crypto space so it's it's you know it's very much for a specific kind of person that's into that but i i enjoy that world and it, i kind of enjoy it as well because it kind of brings me into the crypto world more where it's like i'm kind of like up on all the news and what's going on and just like following things and so this website 
kind of allows me to be part of that more just because it's kind of what I'm doing with my time. So that makes it a lot of fun. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, and you've been interested in that for a long time now, so I see that as a. It great all fit, started actually. with you. It all started with you. I know. I'm sorry, <laughs> or or not. I don't know. <laughs> no, no, it's good because I, you know, I knew about crypto. I'd looked into it and stuff, and then you showed me these like lazy lion NFTs, and you're like, "These are cool." I just bought one, and I'm like, "What? Why would?" Like you just spent that much money on this thing? Like why? And then I I really wanted to know why you'd spend that much money on something. So then I just went down the rabbit hole and <laughs> I thought it was cool too. <laughs> so yeah, it, it that really was your fault. I still think that one was a great return on investment for me. But if, yeah, for yeah, me, you it kind of stopped when I basically <laughs> sold NFTs on their high point and then, you know, I just viewed it as an asset and got rid of them again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, 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 you timed that pretty well. <laughs> <laughs> I got lucky though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so anyways, um, yeah, that, that project has been fun. I think I've only, um, well, I haven't really talked about this on the podcast, so I guess I'll just share a little bit more detail. So I, I bought it from another kind of indie hacker founder for $37,000. Um, and it was a website that he had been running the last two years. It's kind of a side thing for him. Um, but he, he got it up to about 30,000 unique uh, users a month and it gets around like 60k page views and the reason it only gets that many page views is it's really just one page like it was really just one page so it's like <laughs> all these people are just coming to one page um and that's kind of it so it's, it's a pretty small like kind of niche website that's a calculator and so yeah I, I bought it i think only just like a month ago for around 37k and uh I, I think it was a pretty good deal. We'll see. I mean, how we how we kind of came to that price was kind of just on what we thought that it could cr- it could make from ad revenue. Um, he had initially wanted his asking price was fifty five k, and then I did a ton of research Oof. and like I uh, I talked to like ten different crypto companies and kind of like asked them like I was like hypothetically if i you know owned this website like what would you be willing to pay for like an ad spot for like a month and i i, I did that with multiple different companies talking to them oh, and that's stuff smart <laughs> and um kind of got a more real number of what the ads yeah. could actually be because i think what he did was he just like put in there there's some like google adsense calculator he just put in like the website url and it just like calculated this is how much money the website could make <laughs> in a year and then he just like doubled that um (laughs) and i'm pretty sure that calculator was like way off (laughs) uh because it was it's very interesting like i realized i you know i haven't really done any of this ad stuff before but as i was like learning researching it like your ad revenue can change a ton based on like what countries the ad the ads are going in like what market it's in like there's certain markets companies are willing to pay way more for ads because that you know, that customer is more valuable where like some, I don't know, some other market where people aren't really making money or the products aren't very uh, valuable. It's like those ads aren't going to be worth very much. So there's that whole thing. Um, So yeah, anyways, kind of did some math around that after talking to companies and came up with a a good price there. So I I feel pretty good about the, the price that we ended up with. 
That's good though. Like if you're happy with it, like I could I couldn't say how much you should have paid for it or not. Like I think yeah. it's pretty smart to go out to companies and ask them what they're willing to pay. That's yeah. a good move. <laughs> uh, this is uh my little boy here. He just woke up. <laughs> He's like, Why are you up talking doing a podcast, Dad? It's like seven AM. <laughs> oh no. Make me breakfast instead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh no, it's 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 good though. Um, okay, so let's let's jump back to you now though. Um, so yeah, kind of jumping back to how are you guys picking like what to focus on with Chatterdocs and Superboard? Have you got, do you have something else going on? Is those are those kind of the main two things? <laughs> I think that's almost like uh, enough, I guess. Like but, there, there yeah, will I mean, be next week. <laughs> <laughs> we never know. Uh, no, so basically, it's basically just those two things. And uh, like the, the past years, basically my main focus and also John's main focus is on client work, right? So we're we're still both working. Uh, on other stuff um, and we're basically doing yeah, that on the, on the side like all of that is kind of happening on the side um, and yeah I, I basically just uh, I'm actually looking for a couple like two new clients uh, because one of them is uh, in need for some money and needed to <laughs> needed to cut me basically which makes mm-hmm. sense I've done the same in their, their shoes to be honest um, but yeah looking for some clients also for dev work again um, and that's obviously still the main focus so two three days per week will always be the client work um and that's cool i enjoy it still uh, and also john has his clients um negotiating deals and stuff like that uh, and then how like what we focus on with chatter docs i don't know if i can really say that right now uh so we have a, we have a working hypothesis and we're trying to get some some of those clients to to buy it's actually pretty yeah. interesting it's kind of a, a little bit of a shift away um, from what we did before and what other other folks are doing, we actually have also a rebrand going on, which I also oh. can't really tell too much about just yet, I guess. Uh, but that's going to be pretty cool to have, I guess. Um, we have all the features for it there now, and it's really just talking to some to some bigger clients now. Um, so you're kind so yeah, of that's, potentially pivoting a little bit with that. Uh, it's more like we're focusing on a different segment, I would say. But yeah, we're, we kind of okay. want to move away. Like the, the general idea is move away a little bit more from the general talk to your documents thing that we were before, right? Because there are just like a million people doing that right now. And there's yeah, more obviously there's no mode really. But yeah, it makes sense to focus on a segment if you can identify someone who is willing to pay a little bit more. Um, so yeah, we're, we're trying to yeah. do that with Chatterdocs and we kind of landed on that by basically by John talking to a lot of customers and like a little bit of gut feeling, seeing how other uh, companies are doing or, or what, what kind of customers they attract. Um, so yeah, that's, yeah. that's kind of what we're doing there. And with you're, Superboard, you're following what the users are saying, which is, yeah, which is good. You're, you're like, listening to feedback and seeing them kind of pull you in a direction. Exactly. I was just going to say with super be- with Superboard, that's basically what we're trying to, to do also, right? Like we have it out there in the open now and we're basically just listening for feedback. And if somebody has a great idea what we should build, we're very likely to go there and, and just, build, just build it, right? And nobody has any ideas. We have like a little bit of a backlog where we want to go, right? With the admin capabilities um, at, at MySQL, stuff like that. And it's just probably going to take a little bit longer because we're just like, right now it's literally just me being the developer on it uh, and we have some other stuff going on but like there's no pressure for us to move super fast on either of the products i feel yeah 
is it does it feel like there's a lot to build like with with both of them like um I don't know. I, I guess I could see with Chatterdocs, like it could be a pretty bigger, like kind of complex product potentially. Oh, both of them, I feel, could be super complex. <laughs> um, <laughs> and yeah, with, with Chatterdocs, it's interesting because we have gone through a ton of iterations. Um, and with the last one, especially where we changed the UI back to something uh, more conservative, we got a, a lot of good feedback actually that it's easier to navigate now, which is always good to hear. Uh, People are finding their way to, or like fi finding the whatever they want to do quicker than before. Um, yeah. But yeah, it, it was also like we hit at some point, we hit like with Chatterdocs, we hit like a database issue where we had timeouts and we kind of had to move away to pinecone for the vector embeddings because our database was just getting so large. <laughs> and yeah, it's it's interesting. Like there are some challenges in there and I'm, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm still enjoying it a lot. So it's, it's interesting. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, it's fun when uh you're learning things on the product side and there's you know, there's some challenges, so it's kinda of fun to overcome those challenges, but it's not so like challenging where it's like overwhelming where like, okay, this is this is too much, I can't do all this stuff uh as one person or whatever. Um yeah, so yeah, yeah, it's it's good to find that that medium balance of challenge. Yeah, we definitely don't want to have like uh, a crucial infrastructure product here that companies rely on. <laughs> like in that case, it would probably be a headache. Uh, but because yeah. that's not the case, uh, and we like it's been fairly stable so far. Um, no, pretty yeah. pretty good. <laughs> yeah, one of the cool things about my website, so it's it's Uniswap.fish right now is what it's called. Where I'm actually going to be doing a rebrand here soon as well. Ooh. So we're kind of doing the same thing there. Um, but one of the cool things is that all like the data that I'm grabbing is like basically public data. Um, so I don't have to like store, I don't have my own database where I have to like store all this stuff. There's like a basically a public database where I'm pulling everything to do all the calculations and stuff. And so, yeah, it's really nice to not have to like manage some of those things myself yeah. or like index things myself because um, that would be kind of a lot of work. Um, and so that, yeah, it just makes some of those things more doable uh, with that kind of setup. Also, it makes it to where I don't have like server costs and stuff. Like it's all, it's basically just a front end right now. Um, and so that's, that's pretty nice. Yeah, that makes a ton of sense. You don't have any any worries about backends or connecting whatever microservices to it. That's kind of cool. Right. <laughs> but once I add more features and stuff, I probably will. So I'll, I'll probably, I'll probably go in the direction <laughs> where I will have to do that stuff. But yes, at least for now. Yeah. Go cool. build them on Superbase, And then when you need the dashboards, you know who to ask. That That's the plan. <laughs> that is, that is actually exactly what I'm going to do. Sweet. <laughs> John, you hear yeah. that? I got a customer for us. <laughs> <laughs> well, once once I build that stuff out, it might, you know, it might be a little ways away still. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> once it happens. <laughs> um, see so yeah, how the rebranding? I I know you said you can't talk about too much. I um, but I think it is really interesting to do the rebranding. Um, another thing with that like i've like i feel like you have to be kind of strategic with that I, I guess especially if you have like current customers or if you have like current traffic and stuff like that's what i'm kind of thinking about is like i have all this traffic i don't want to like mess up my seo and stuff that's yeah. pretty good already by like changing my domain and doing different stuff 
Um, so I'm just trying to be smart about it and how I do it and kind of take it easy. Um, so one thing that I learned that maybe this is helpful um, for you or I don't know, people listening is so, and I didn't really know too much about this, but I guess the canonical URLs that you have on your website, like that's what Google looks at to like who, what page to give like the ranking value to. And so kind of what you can do, which is kind of a hack is before, before you just like, you know, just cold switch to your new domain for like a month or two, just long enough for Google to index it correctly. You change all of your current domains pages to point to the new domains canonical URL. Um, so it'd be pointing to like the same content. And so you'll kind of have like two websites live at the same time um, with your current one having all of its canonical URLs pointing to the the new, the, what will be the new one. Um, and so then it should transfer all your ranks to that new domain so that once you then, you know, set up your 301 redirect, it just is like, boom, it's just like ready to go. Um, yep. So that's what I'm, that's what I've learned. Uh, that's what people are saying. We'll see if it actually works in practice. Cause that's, <laughs> that's what I'm going to try to do. <laughs> you know, that that's definitely true. Like if you, if you publish articles on your blog, but you also want to syndicate them like through Hashnode or medium or def.to, they all give you the option to uh, insert a canonical URL as well. So that you can basically repurpose your like you can syndicate it through their through their platform, right? But you will still get the SEO juice from that because they then include the canonical URL, and it's gonna be like they might rank for that whatever, but you will also profit from it because it will be indexed that way. So, so you, yeah, that's they, definitely they let smart. you point the canonical URL to your own blog. Yeah, exactly. Mm, that's nice. That's yep. pretty cool. <laughs> I, I guess a lot less people would post there if that wasn't the case, because then they're just stealing your content, right? And they're just the only one profiting from that. <laughs> yeah. So is that? I've never like I, I guess I've not really saw the draw to like why why do something on Medium? Is that like one of the main draws? Is like it kind of just gives you your actually gives your domain some more authority. Yeah, I guess. I mean, you you can play it that way. I guess uh, it will get you. I don't, I don't know, like you probably have a ton of benefits from it, right? You get a bigger audience. Um, it's kind of focused on that certain group of people, I guess, uh, in, in, in like if, if it works great and you include links to your site on there, uh, you might get subscribers from that. Plus, you definitely get the SEO benefits also if you have that canonical set. Yeah, so I, I can definitely see that going pretty well. When I, when I did all around uh, where I was publishing some some of the tech articles, I always did that, always put the canonical in there. And then if you looked at Google for it, you could actually see that um, that actually pointed to the to the right domain sometimes. So yeah, that it, it definitely works that way. <laughs> so, sorry, I have another question about this. So when you have that article, the canonical URL, is it just pointing to like your root domain or is it pointing to like a blog post that's the exact same blog post? Yep. So for the syndication, it was definitely always the same URL. So if you have like an article or Tailwind and that has a certain URL on Hashnode or Medium, you basically have the canonical pointing to exactly that article on your site about Tailwind. So okay, it's not so going you, to the you, you have the article in two places. Yep, exactly. And this is exactly why you need the canonical, right? Because otherwise Google would be, hey, this is the same content. We're just going to attribute it to the bigger yeah. site or whatever, which would be Medium. <laughs> yep, yep. That makes sense. Um, 
That is good to know. Yeah, I might have to do some stuff on Medium then at some point. <laughs> <laughs> it probably won't hurt. <laughs> I don't know if Medium is actually... Like, are people still reading there, writing there? I have no idea. <laughs> I've seen some people recent. I've seen some, yeah. But, um, yeah, probably not as many anymore. I don't know. I feel like more people are on, like, Substack and all those. Like, mm. They're trying to get into the email newsletter stuff more now, I feel like. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was a trend going growing in over the last years anyway, right? Yeah, yeah. Another cool tool I've used recently for like blog kind of stuff. I'm I'm not sure what I'm curious what you use. Um but I there's this tool, I guess this company, it, it's open source too, but it's called Content Layer and it's kind of built they kind of build it around next.js as well, but it's kind of like this idea that you can just put um markdown files into your your repo basically and then it, it has like this system that can set it up really well with next.js where it can pull in those posts um and you can do mdx as well if you want um but it's it's pretty nice i've been using that for my own like blog that I just added to the website um it just makes it pretty easy uh i'm curious yeah what what do you have you used something like that or do something similar i have used content layer exactly like you just described <laughs> okay so that, that's what you use uh, yes exactly so when i started all around what i did was build my own uh, mdx renderer basically and at some point content layer came around and they just custom, did it better of course yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> but but to be fair content layer didn't exist at that point i think so uh there yeah. was but there was however mdx right and you could transpile that on on build uh into mm and just static content, right? And that was always uh, very cool to do because you could use your React components inside your articles and stuff like that. And it would just compile down to uh, static content. So yeah, that's basically what Content Layer does also, right? Uh, mm -hmm. Another cool thing that we're doing for the Superboard documentation, for example, is Nextra, which is also basically giving you MDX for your documentation. And they have like some very simple ways of letting you define your navigation and stuff like that. And you can also then obviously like use your React components in there. Uh, so that's really cool for documentation purposes, I think. Nextra, nextra.site, make beautiful websites with next.js and MDX. Is that is that it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they have kind of like templates for doing docs and stuff? I think there's like just two you can pick from. One is like a blog and the other one is the docs. I've only ever used it for documentation, but that one's really pretty good. <laughs> okay, and it looks like um, they have an example of SWR, which is the Next.js library using it. That I think it's actually written by somebody who works there. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah. Makes sense. Um, hmm, I'll have to check this out. That could be that could be useful. Nice. That's. It, it, I guess it's kind of similar to Content Layer, but it's, it's just like yep. another way of doing it. Yep. Yeah, even if you write it yourself like I did previously, I don't think it's super hard to get that MDX bridge in, in Next.js working. <laughs> yeah. I feel like the, the, the amount of times we've said super in this podcast. <laughs> super that, super that, super, super base, super board. Like, there's so many supers. <laughs> yep, even I almost confused it just saying it like a couple minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> Um, so the all important question that the, uh, listeners can't really see, but how long are you going to grow your beard? You got a pretty nice beard. The <laughs> listeners can't see it, but I, how long are you going to grow it? 
Yep, so I will preface that with what I just told you before we hit record. So when my wife got pregnant, I said, you're going to grow your, your belly, I'm just going to grow my beard. <laughs> and the kid's obviously already here for four months, but I haven't really shaved. <laughs> um, so at this point, I'm afraid that if I do shave, I hate it, and then I have to grow it back for another 10 or 12 months. So it's kind of a big decision at this point, right? <laughs> yeah, you're like, I don't... I don't want to have like a, a baby face once I shave yes. this thing. Oh my God. You can't never take it all off. That's, that's a bad idea. If you've had a beard, never take it all off. Like that's, that's off the table anyway. Uh, <laughs> but, but I've, I have been trimming it here and there. And it's actually time to do that again, I guess. Uh, but I, I might still just leave it like that. <laughs> yeah. I like how it's, it kind of just is going straight. Like it's going down, you know, like you just kind of keep that shape. Uh, it's a good shape. <laughs> <laughs> it's a pretty big beard yeah i i hear that a lot like i've it's kind of funny when i when i met somebody uh in real life like one of my friends who i hadn't seen for like four or five months and i just came in with that beard and it's like wow dude but like what happened <laughs> so yeah reactions to that have been kind of funny <laughs> <laughs> nice um well i guess kind of wrapping up here anything else we should talk about like uh i here i guess here's a good thing question so you know back when we were doing the podcast all the time and stuff like we kind of had these dreams of bootstrapping doing things like that where where have you you know i think it kind of started with kind of like the four hour work week even like you know being able to not work that much um but like work on what you want to do which you've you know you've you've you have a pretty good setup with like your, your part-time work and then being able to do your own businesses and stuff how do you feel like you know what are your goals with all that now like going to the future like what do you like what are you wanting to do um with like the business stuff the bootstrapping stuff um yeah how do you, how are you thinking about it Oof, that's a big question <laughs> uh I, I generally really like where i am right now with everything and like i was i was able to just work two or three days every week for the last one or two years which is kind of insane if you think about it um so right now, obviously, some stuff has changed. We're looking to buy a house now, realizing that getting a loan here, even if you even if you have a ton of money, I mean, isn't I've seen as some tweets about that. Yeah, it's it's actually kind of insane. Like you can go there with uh, like your sports bag full of money, give them like 150k, and they're like, oh, so you want to buy a house? That's funny. Here's a tent. Here's <laughs> yeah, a tent like... for you. You can go yeah, camp like, outside in the enough. parking lot. It's 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 pretty insane. So yeah. Obviously, uh, I kind of want to be able to like get, <laughs> do that financially still in the future. Um, and I could actually, I don't know, like maybe I've gotten a little bit more ambitious with the whole freelance stuff. I could actually see myself uh, building out a little team on that side mm. even. Um, yeah. But yeah, not, not, not today, <laughs> not next year. Maybe the one after though. Mm. Um, and yeah, just I really just yourself come... and uh, have have more work come in and yeah, <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe have have a designer on board and a second dev or whatever and see if we can get some beard clients on. That would be kind of funny. Um, yeah. <laughs> at, at the same time, I, I really like how how it is right now. Uh, it's it's still pretty great, uh, especially now that the kiddo is here, uh, being able to just like at least three days of the week or like you know the. It's like five days of the week, really, right? Uh, mm -hmm. I don't really have to uh, work at all. I can just wake up, can help take care of him. 
um, prepare the bottles, get up at four o'clock, whatever. And it doesn't really matter. That is super uh, cool to be able to do. Um, I yeah. really like the way that John and I are handling our products so far because we're like, I think we're making great progress um, even though we're not entirely working on it like 40 hours a week. So that still feels like we're doing doing, doing good progress there. Um, if I will yeah. say that if ever one of those products hits like escape velocity and we're like, hey, this is actually making so much money, kind of makes sense to double down on it. I would definitely do that and say, hey, screw all the freelancing. We're just going to go down, <laughs> go, gonna go yeah. down that road and just focus on that, right? Um, just having the optionality is great. Um, but I can also yeah. see like for the next one or two years, just keep doing what I do right now, right? Uh, maybe add another freelance client so it gets a little easier with the down payments. Um, yeah, no, it's it's a pretty good spot to be in right now. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I, yeah, I think you're in a great spot. Um, I think what I kind of realized is that the fun is having some kind of challenge in front of you to like get better at, grow at, try to grow something, make, turn something into something. I almost feel like if you did get a business that just like made it or like you kind of, you're like, all right, well, I'm, I'm there now. Like you, you wouldn't you ever... Yeah, you'd get bored. Like you'd just be like, "Well, uh, I kind of want to go back to the early days of like trying to make something work again." Like I think that's actually the fun part. Like is kind of the process of it. Um, and so I guess it's kind of just like putting yourself in a place where you're always kind of having fun doing that. Um, which kind of like you said, like your setup and similar to my setup right now too. Like I'm working 15 hours a week for a startup. And it's a good setup because it's like, all right, I have, I don't need to worry about the finances. Like that's kind of taken up there. And then yep. with the rest of your time, you're like, I'm just going to try to like make something happen. Like kind of try to grow a business, turn it into something, challenge myself, see what, see what we can do there um, and, and, and have some fun with it. Um, yeah, it's, it's a pretty, it's a pretty good place to be, I think. So that's, yep. that's awesome. Totally agree. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, yeah, I guess we can end this one here. It was definitely great to catch up. And I'm sure all the podcast listeners are uh, glad to hear your voice again. Um, so all of you guys listening can can go DM Ben all your questions <laughs> and, and tell him that you liked him being on the podcast. So then he'll come back again someday. Um, but yeah, that was fun. Good to catch up and uh, see you in another, another one sometime. Yep. See you next time. Bye.